and welcome to Ride the Omnibus. I'm your host, Ariel Basca, and we are reporting from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas for the first time. And we are here with Paula Calvo and Patrick Yassim talking about their film, Luchadoras. Well, I love this film because it's so much about the female fighting spirit. And I love that you were able to embody so much of that within the film. And with the title Luchadora, which of course means female fighter, it indicates so much about women's resistance as well as women's power and so forth. But can you also talk about the the term lucha and lucha libre for our listeners? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lucha Libre is, we'll say, a sport and entertainment that begin... When we were there, it was super nice because a lot of people in Ciudad Juarez were saying Lucha Libre was born in Ciudad Juarez. Uh, It was the first place where these fights were taking place. Which is maybe a Mexican... (laughs) A Juarez story, we don't know. We we didn't check the the infos. People are really, in Ciudad Juarez, people are really... Uh, passionate about uh, Lucha Libre. And yeah, it began, I don't know, I would say like in the 50s or something. Oh, did we say I, it is It is like wrestling? It is like the Mexican... It's a Mexican wrestling. Mexican wrestling form. Yeah. And uh, it was born around border or between the US and Mexico. Where we, so it would like, uh, they, were, they were like traveling companies that would have the show fights. Lucha Libre actually means free fight mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. and uh, something which is very mexican to say is that they wear these wonderful masks where and the mask represents maybe something abstract like feelings or or, or ideas or maybe also animals or whatever and they they have these identities where they develop the roles they develop their costumes which they always have a connection to the role they are or the role they they play and so, yeah, it's very, very interesting to see, I don't know, Black Panther fighting against yeah. Mini Sirenita. And you have these two wonderful characters fighting against each other, against each other with their powers. It's, it's super nice, super yeah. beautiful. And also interesting to say, like, people get really, really, really crazy with them. Like, it's, we will say... Lucha Libre is even bigger than uh, football in Mexico and everybody goes to Lucha Libre. Well, because maybe because that is because it's more accessible. It is uh, not a cheap, but like it, it's for it's family fun on the weekends where everybody can go and everybody can pay the tickets uh, and then uh, prof- more professional soccer, football which is also huge in Mexico like it is in Europe gets expensive real quick. Yeah, yeah, but you have also and, like yeah. more Liga football, which, yeah. But yeah, yeah. So this is like for Mexican Lucha Libre is something really, really like a big part of their culture. And it has also this catharsis feeling. People go there and they scream, they jump, they, it's like, it's a lot of energy, you know, when there is a fight and when your idol is in the ring and is fighting and you can see all these powers and all this magic happening there. It's like, wow. And then, and that's the most important, interesting thing, luchadores are are real superheroes, not only because of all the things they do in the ring, but when they finish, then they step up of the ring, then you can go to them, you can hug them, you can touch them, you can make a selfie, you can get an autogram, and it's there, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's also like uh, they are amazing role models for younger generations. And it's wonderful that you show them as such in these different kinds of situations where... 
you see different aspects of their superpowers in a sense. And I love that. And, and I wondered though, which came first, the idea of looking at luchadoras or the idea of one specific woman's story? Where did the theme emerge? It was really the contrast that made the idea of the movie that we knew about the place, Ciudad Juarez, close to the U.S. border. Actually, if you look at it on a map, El Paso and Ciudad Juarez are one city and border goes right through it, right? We knew, we knew about the history that since, I mean, it's a cartel city. They, that's what it is. It's drug trapping all around. It's very violent. And since the 90s, there's this massive violence also against women hate crimes, there's the word femicide, which is an old word, but really became big in Mexico because of that, the femicidio. And we knew about the city and we were kind of interested in it. And then when we realized that the place is also such a major hub for the wrestling, for the Lucha Libre, and that especially in Mexico, there's a lot of women doing it. We thought that is a that is such a big contrast on a city that is known for women being victims victimized, killed, actually killed. I mean, that's it. There's no way around this. Kidnapped, raped, forced into prostitution, killed, all of it. Like most horrible things. And then you have a, a, a lot of women that in public, as a sport, as a cultural phenomenon, go into a ring and present very, very strong female females. Yeah. We thought, and, and, and it clicked when we realized, oh, the, that, that, both of these things are happening there. So that was really the intention. Then we went there and found, we feel powerful stories of yeah. these three women. Actually, there, I mean, there were more of them. And yeah, I mean, a, a film can only show. And so you get the sense of that when they're all in that line in the last shot. But I love, I love that last shot where you have the line that stretches that indicates the generations of women that could have been included in this story and are just as important and just as valuable. And I, I really love the way that you portray that. I love that you mentioned this specifically because I was going to ask about the way that you depict the difficulties of life in Juarez for women, because you have all of these threats and corruption from the authorities and the women are also facing the machismo at home and you depict all of this so well while they're within the ring and they're actively fighting some machismo in the ring too, in very scary ways that were rather frightening. Some of those sequences with the men in the film were rather <laughs> disturbing. How did you deal with that as documentarians? You mean the fighting sequences? The, both the fighting sequences and some of the altercations between the partners and the women. I mean, yeah, we're talking about very different moments. Uh, like the moments in the ring, you can only be there and scream and, you know, yeah. like just what we were doing, like documenting the situation which was happening. And it is I, very good that we were there and that, we... I think for the, for the, for the fights in the ring, it's, they are rough. I think we have, we have especially the, especially the first fight in the movie is, is a rough one. Mm -hmm. But I think they really portray also the strength of our women because that's what they're putting themselves into. They mm -hmm. fight with other boys and with men and it's, it's entertainment, but it's like as rough as it gets. I would yeah. say. Right? Like in, in America, we use the term kayfabe. 
to talk about. Say again. Do you know this term kayfabe? No. In wrestling? So kayfabe is like you choreograph everything in advance. And this is a thing in American wrestling and so forth. And I think it's wonderful that your documentary is very specific and explicit about showing that that's not what happens in Mexican wrestling at all. And I, I like that a lot about your documentary because a lot of people, I think, if you didn't show that right from the beginning of your documentary in that very first scene, I think a lot of American wrestling fans who come to this picture might have gotten a little like, oh, they're just doing the fake fighting, the kayfabe. But I mean, it's not fake fighting in that they are executing the moves, but it's mostly choreographed in advance. It's mostly, you know, what's happening, you know, what's going to happen and exactly how it's going to happen. I mean, we weren't wrestling experts by any stretch mm-hmm. of the Im- imagination before before we were dealt with that movie. And what we were o- often told is that the difference between the Lucha Libre and uh, American wrestling style is, first and foremost, that it's a little more playful with the characters. Mm-hmm. It is more artistic with the moves. It, there's a lot of jumping and, and then stuff. And they flying. Call, and- yeah, they call, them, they, they call it aerials. Mm-hmm. And that's really, uh, I think, some of, especially Baby Star in our movie, she does yeah. some crazy stuff, right? She does. Like all the flips and, and, and everything. And no, it is not well choreographed, especially in the smaller fights in a place like Ciudad Juarez, where it is a business, but it is a small business. And somebody explained it to us as like a dance. Everybody knows all the moves and there may be hundreds of them, but you don't know which moves are going to come up. And they get rough right and then uh, also you can execute them in uh, different ways if you're uh, really friend with somebody the moves can be soft and easy going and if people are uh, not well with each other it can get really tough and i think you can see that in a movie too it it, it gets to a point where you actually think is this real is it show it can you know because it gets real i mean it gets hard yeah how difficult was it for you to watch that as you were filming it's very hard this is like this is a tough uh, task of a documentary filmmaker that uh, you are holding the camera in moments where things strong things are happening and you have to decide should i just take the camera off and stand up and hit somebody in the face or should i just stay here and film it so that everybody else can realize what's happening and that's the that's the difficulty of of being a documentary filmmaker. But you know, like for us, it was very important to generate an ambient while we were shooting with our protagonists, where everybody feels good and where everybody feels okay with what everything we were doing. So after these kind of situations, there were always have been talkings with the protagonists, with the other people, like in more intimate situations. I will say, no, it's always it was very important for us for the protagonists to understand that we support them and that we want them to be happy and to have a a good experience while filming also. This was super important for us because this film, it was a lot of fun to make it, but of course there were some difficulties. And still, all the time we spent together and we spent a lot of time together, for us it was important that it makes sense what we are doing for anyone, for everyone. And coming back to the violence also, they are a tough bunch, right? I mean, they, they, they go uh, into the arenas and the fights on the weekends. Sometimes they do two fights, sometimes even three fights on a weekend. You know, they would be all bruised up and limping throughout the week, but you wouldn't hear from any of them 
I mean, mm. you, you would see how bruised up they are, but you wouldn't hear anything, right? They and and uh, it would only last until exactly the next weekend, and then they're back in the ring, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's part of the business, and it's part of not. not a, I want to don't want to say business is part yeah, of the passion and yeah. what they are doing, mm -hmm. right? Because there's no big money in in the ring in Juarez. There is mm. some, not a lot. If uh, if yeah. there's some, then. It's not much, yeah. 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 And I mean, you see that in the stories of Mini Serenita, who's mm -hmm. going to Mexico City to improve her life and so forth and get to be with her daughter. But you also see all of this wonderful strength in these women that even though you get the sense that everyone is living in difficult conditions, one thing that I love about your film, I don't know if you have this term or if you know this term, but a lot of people accuse different kinds of documentaries of being poverty porn. Yeah. Have you ever heard this? And the romanticization of poverty. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that your film doesn't go there at all. And that there's a very, very clear distinction between what the joys of these women's lives are and also what they're doing in order to change their circumstances and better their circumstances and not spending time dwelling in the sewers. I mean, how conscious an effort was that? No, absolutely. We wanted, uh, we, we, well, what, um, this contrast that I talked about earlier between this, what the place is known for and what we learned is happening there with all these, uh, all this butcher liberal culture is really, we were inspired by them because they were strong figures, you know, and really like in the most, like in a in a way you would least expect it, find find people that are really inspired because they could do something else than than fight Lucha Libre. Mini mm -hmm. you know? could just work the maquila and I don't know, have another job on the weekend or something, but she decides to live this culture and and actually then during the time we were shooting went all in and went to Mexico City to to do it full time. And um we we, we thought that was really inspiring and that it was difficult around them. Yeah. I don't know. Of course. I mean, just... maybe a very interesting thing to say here is that uh, when we thought about how are we going to make this film and what kind of pictures are we going to use to tell the stories of them, it was very clear from the beginning that we wanted something very rough. We wanted mm -hmm. uh, a camera which is handheld. We want uh camera is going to be moving. The image is like very loaded with um with this uh corn on the grain, grain on the image uh it is it is rough it is it's not something clean beautiful steady cam you know like because you could do that nowadays there's a possibility to do wonderful documentaries with high tech whatever and it looks amazing and you have to feel like oh my god and then this is the romanticization of the poverty i think mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. And for us, it was very clear from the beginning, no, we are making a film with real superheroes. We are going on the streets with them. We're going to smell the dirt. We're going to um, taste the dust. We're going to, and this is going to be in the pictures you're going to see. So this is for sure a part of the visual language we developed while we were there. Mm -hmm. Really wanted to show them as, as the superheroes we felt they are. And we initially, when we realized what the movie is going to be, we imagined it to be. Uh, we imagined them to be, you know, like like these superheroes in the ring that also don't bow down in their like daily life, really. To yeah. that was, so, so so there was this inspiring attitude about them that that really that really inspired us to make the movie, and that could have been in other places as well. And so just because there's poverty 
I don't think yeah. that's something we were particularly interested in. Obviously, sets the mood because it makes their 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 effort so much greater, right? Yeah, but I I love that you focus on such an empowering story and like you get to that last shot of her beautiful bloody smile and it's just like raw. <laughs> <laughs> You're right there with her. Uh, uh, cool. Thank you. Yeah, that was a real fun. Yeah. That was a, that was a rough fight too. Yes, yeah. that American. was unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> like you would never see that in American wrestling. Just just for mm -hmm. reference, like never, yeah. never. And her opponent was a uh, she won against was a very very experienced fighter, yeah. and she didn't yeah, she didn't give her anything for free. I mean, you see in the movie you have I don't know I think five shots of the fight. The fight went for forty minutes. You can yeah. imagine, like it, it was. was It was intense, but yeah. at the end, it was a very small yeah. arena. Like the yeah. singers were very, very low, and the, the the ambient was so charged. Everybody was like, "Wow!" It was it was crazy. It was like yeah. electricity charged. Everyone, yeah. happiness, super nice. Yeah. And I wondered, in terms of how you decided which stories ended up being featured within the film, in terms of how much of that was pre-decided and how much of that was in the editing room. I mean, most of it developed through, we were there for, what was it, like five months over the course of a year. And we didn't know much in the beginning. We knew, I mean, Mini Serenita really, from what we had read before, was really the, how do you call that? Uh, it was uh, representing. Like, really representing what, what you read about uh, Ciudad Juarez. Yeah. It's a uh, disenfranchised women. Uh, working in the maquilas, the uh, assembly factories, really, I mean, I think the American term is working poor, where you work a lot, but barely can put food on the table. Mm -hmm. Living in the outskirts, right? Mm -hmm. And really, that is where a lot of the violence against women happens, because they're like living in these kind of suburbs, like, Man, it's not suburbs, like workers, ghettos, mm -hmm. like that uh, remember you more, uh, you know, you're lucky to have an uh, electrician electrical light there it, 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 it remembers more like in, onto industrialization in England 150 years back and then they go to the to work in the assembly factories they come back with the bus they work uh, they, they walk the streets dark streets at night after the shifts and that's really when a lot of the kidnapping and a lot of the violence and raping happens mm -hmm. and so when we realized we got to, uh, we heard we had heard about her as a luchadora because that was our access then and then that we heard that she was working the maquila we were very interested in her and then she was i mean she was very open towards yeah. us at the very beginning because she also wanted to step up uh, her whole uh, lucha libre game and then that just happened while we were mm. there and then, yeah. and then the, the other, other ones, ones like we 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 had a lot of conversation with a lot of people and uh and there were really super interesting people and women like not only people like this woman they they were super 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 interesting but finally we focused on these three like at the beginning there were other two yeah there were two yeah. other maybe three who will we, we found interesting and who we were also doing a lot of shootings and then one At the end, at the beginning, it was going to be four, and then one. Yeah. It didn't. It didn't match with the other stories, so we finally mm -hmm. it was finally three. But the, the things that happened, of course, it it was their lives. You know, we were, yeah. we were there with them, and we were experiencing what they were experiencing, and uh, and all these things happened because, as I, yeah. I think um, 
initially we went with, with the three we went with we went by just by gut feeling mm, and yeah. i think then from a film or from a story perspective i mean in the film two of the stories have more of a closing than the third one has i think and that's just what happened during yeah. our time there and then um you can say uh yeah okay but then why, why is there a third one that is not really a closing i i see it from the other way around we got three stories they're all i feel very strong and two as a film story also have some sort of a closing there was a point when it was obvious this is a closing for a story that can be told within a film and then we were very lucky that we were in some one moment with one of the main protagonists where we where there was like a big decision made with her children and stuff but we were actually mm -hmm. there shooting you know that's also nothing that happens most of the time for these things you yeah. are late you weren't shooting that yeah. day and i remember yeah. that this, this one special day we weren't even supposed to be shooting with her didn't yes, have time that day i think you, you, she, she's uh, making how do you call this in english when you say the ending of the film oh, okay, right okay, spoiler yeah yeah i can cut that part out don't okay, worry okay no but, but just as an information for you like you. this day was was incredible i mean that usually doesn't happen that you're with it in, in that moment of a major decision that you're there and yeah. shooting it happens it does yeah, happen happens, so, so, okay, yeah. we were very lucky yeah, we don't have to compare lucky. it with others that that seemed to happen so often you know that you had this much access and there were all these really important moments happening under the gaze of the camera mm -hmm. I, i was just really blown away yeah i mean we were hanging out a lot we managed like a very intimate relationship with them and first of all i think It was a lot of fun. We did like a lot of uh, interesting stuff with them. And then we were, they were always proposing stuff and we were also proposing stuff. And it was like, a, it became like a very interesting game to be together and do stuff together. And for these moments, which were personally important, then once of a sudden, it was no problem that we were there and we were filming. We really generate kind of friendship relationship with all of them. And of course, we're in contact with them and, and they're super happy that the film is coming out. And uh, I think that's the thing. We really, really had fun and we really trust each other. They trust us in the way, the way we do films. That's, that's why everything was possible. That's really great. And you have this one visual, the one visual that I feel like is a wonderful light motif within the film is this use of the little girl, either the central protagonist little girl singing to her over the phone or watching the feet of a little girl or the little girl running around the ring. And I love how that creates a generational feeling of empowerment as well. It's just really beautiful. Mm. And it was crazy, you know, because they, they all had daughters, like Baby Star had a daughter, Lady, Gar Lady Candy had two daughters, Mini Serenita has a daughter, there is quickly... Mini Serenita is my age and is a grandma already. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's all these women having young women... As a daughter, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's, it, everything was like, wow, this is so, this is, in, I don't know, it's so interesting. Also for, for the children, for, for, the, for the little woman. Yeah, it's, uh, it was super nice. It was super nice feeling of working with them. It was, yeah, mm -hmm. it felt super good. And you can tell that you guys work well with kids from watching the film. That's his job. Really? <laughs> okay. 
Okay. okay. He would bring them, push them into oh. the ceiling. <laughs> it was a roller coaster. Patrick was the roller coaster for the children, for sure. And then was kids around in Mexico. You can be sure of that. No place without kids. Yeah. No time of the day. Your love of the subjects and of everything that you are doing, your passion for these women's passion really shines through in this film. And thank you. I just, I just want to say how much I appreciate your film and you're taking the time to talk with me. And this has been lovely. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having us. This is also super nice and, and super lovely. And it, yeah, for All taking the nice your time. things you said about our yeah. movie. Exciting <laughs> yeah. things for us too. Yeah. Do you want to say anything quickly to our listeners about what they should know about life in general, the universe, anything? Oh, that sounds, uh, this is too big for me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I will just, I will only say that, uh, yeah, we got very inspired by this woman when we were there and we hope that this woman inspire the audience too. I hope so too. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I wish you a lot of luck at the festival and future success with this film as it continues to get acclaim, as I'm sure it will. So, thank anyway. you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for taking a moment right now to reflect with me on the history of the land you are listening on now. Whether you are stuck in traffic or sitting in your office chair, Take the time to look up whose traditional lands you are on now and what treaties govern those territories. I record this podcast on the site of lands stolen from the Manahoac people. I am grateful to work on this land, and I acknowledge that we need to protect and honor the history of the indigenous people from other tribal nations that have made innumerable contributions around the world. I share this in the hope that my listeners may join me in honoring our past, present, and future. Without this land, this earth, and each other, we are nothing. Before I go, please take 30 seconds now to leave us a five-star review by clicking on support the show in the show notes. We don't want your money, we want your words. A simple RTO rocks my socks expands our reach and helps us keep bringing you great content. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Omnibus Ride. You can also visit our website, omnibusride.com, where you can go to dive deeper into our content and learn more about the show. A special thank you to our amazing editor, William Das. We truly couldn't do what we do without him or Danielle. Be well, be safe, and keep in touch. Mm-hmm.